Welcome to Go Simcha, the podcast that takes one in-depth approach to the Jewish music, entertainment, and simcha world. Now, here's your host, Zisha Littman. The following episode of Go Simcha, the podcast, is proudly sponsored by Karen Simcha's Chassan Vikalo. Karen Simcha's Chassan Vikalo was founded over 25 years ago and is based in Brooklyn, New York. KSCVK helps widows, orphans, and people who are in dire need of marrying off a child. Working through their network of vendors, KSCVK ensures that every wedding is just as special as the next. Run by world-renowned party planner Devorah Benjamin, KSCVK takes care that each wedding is as elegant as the next one, ensuring dignity and class through every wedding that they put on. To donate to KSCVK, please visit their website, kscvk.org, today. That's kscvk.org, and help make someone's wedding special. Hey everybody, welcome back to another week, another episode of Go Simple, the podcast. This week I'm sitting down with a really cool dude. Um, some of you may have heard his music. He's, he's sat um, uh, and worked with a number of different artists on a bunch of collaborations in the past. And now he's on the rise um, working on, re- he released his album and he's got a few singles out there. So I'm sitting down with a really cool dude, as I mentioned, We're sitting down with Hebro. So what's going on, Hebro, my bro? What's going on? Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on your show. Thanks. Now, for sure, man. For sure, for sure. You know, last week I had Arya Kunstler on the show, and our, and we're talking about his his song, Gam, that he did, and he did a collaboration with you, and I was like, who's this dude, Hebrew? I've heard of him. I've heard, I've heard of him. I've seen pictures of him. I've never, I've, I've listened to maybe one or two of his songs, but I would love to meet this guy. And now we're sitting here, episode 46, with Hebrew. And we're kicking it off, right? So, awesome. yeah, man, for sure. So you got a very interesting story. Like I was looking at your, I was looking more into you. You have a very interesting story. Um, and a lot of people know, some people know, some people in your, in your area know it, but most people don't. So what's, why don't you share that story with, with, with our listeners? Um, so I was born in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. Um, uh, I was born in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. My parents are Garen. Uh, they both African American, and uh, they converted about forty-five years ago. About. Um, so, I guess yeah, it's it's unique. Um, me and my twin sister and my four older sisters uh, were all. Born and raised Orthodox Jews. I was born in uh, Crown Heights, moved to North Carolina when I was about uh, four, and then grew up there till I was about eleven, and then moved to um, moved to St. Louis, Missouri, uh, from eleven to eighteen. Then I moved to Israel for three years, and then back to New York for college at Queens, and just kind of kind of been around that's crazy man how was it like growing how was it like growing up in crown heights like that back in the day um it was it was cool i mean even though i moved away when i was four i still every summer that's where most of my family lives still so um every summer i was back in crown heights uh so crown heights is awesome crown heights is uh it's actually one of my favorite places. I ended up moving back there after uh, after college. I ended up moving back to Crown Heights for uh, about five years. And about two years ago, I moved away to Muncie. 
Um, Crown Heights is one of my favorite places. There's a there's a fire there um, that 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 I love. There's like an energy and a zeal, and and I love Chabad. Uh, my parents came through. My parents um, did their Geirut through uh, Chabad through um, Rabbi JJ Hecht Al Shalom was the Av Beitin for their conversion. So we came up, you know that that Crown Heights. Even though my family's Sparty, we have a deep appreciation for Chabad and Chassidut. And, and it's like, when you're there, it's cool to see how, how it's cool to see how real and practical the work of bringing Mashiach is for the community there. Like, you know, there's people constantly, it's like, almost like elves, like every day doing some <laughs> kind of, or, or like building some edifice to show the world that you know we can make this place light let's do it let's do it it's like a go-getter attitude that i loved and and it's contagious and yeah i love crown heights crown heights is awesome that's what's up that's what's up now you're you you you're you've gotten into the music scene when what what age did you start getting into music um i've been into music my whole life um i come from a family of singers uh my family loves to sing. We all love to get together every Shabbat. We get together around the table and sing. And my sister's voices and my mom and my, they, their voices put mine to shame, actually. Like, they're very gifted. Um, but yeah, I grew up with music, loved music all my life. When I first started to actually um, produce music, it was about uh, three years ago is uh, when I first started to actually produce music. Um, I've always written music as kind of like an outlet for myself like I write poetry and and music's always been something that has helped me get through like some some tough times Um, I find music to be incredibly healing for myself so I write you know I write to express and then I took one of my songs um, one of my favorites one of my poems that I wrote uh, on Tehillim on Gam Kielach and put it to a, a awesome beat and ended up making a music video for it just just taking a shot to see, you know, just to see what it would look like and see how it would go over. And, and thank God people loved it. And I, I, that's when I realized that, you know, I could use my gift to lift people and kind of like kind of share Tehillim in a way that I genuinely believe it used to sound like. Like I genuinely believe that, that when David HaMelech was performing, you know, probably on Wednesday nights or whatever, Thursday nights, and performed that it had a rhythmic, melodic tone to it. Actually, um, me and my friends in Crown Heights, when we would get together and be hanging out and we would eat, when we would bench, we would actually uh, put on a hip hop beat and nice. an instrumental and just rap, but just like read benching to the beat like make music with it and it's remarkable i think tehillim is is perfect right i think david malik might might have been the, the greatest mc david malik first gangster rapper yeah for uh, yeah seriously. <laughs> i mean we talk about you know it's so funny gangster rap like as a david david lahabdil was pro- probably the most gangster rapper out there like you know he was he was the way he dealt with goliath being on death row you know like writing sitting up in a tree running from shaul surrounded on all sides with no hope and nowhere to go totally trapped actually take that back not no hope full hope total hope total faith total emunah and hashem that it would work out and that's where he 
in those spaces, he's writing this music. And we listen today to rappers rap about being gangster, but they don't know anything about that. They don't know anything about like actually having a fight or, or put your life on the line for something that you truly believe in or being on death row when you're, you know, for no reason, like being get, given a death sentence and being chased down and being a fugitive and through all that, having total Imuna and Hashem, like that's, uh, yeah, I think that's real, 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 real gangster, as they say, quote unquote. <laughs> wow. I never, I never, I never thought about it from that perspective, but that that's truly fascinating. And, and you're, you're right. You know, the, um, all throughout, throughout his life. Yeah. David Melch was always running. David was always persecuted and he was, but meanwhile, the time he was sitting and writing, writing to Hillam and all the other things we have from David Melch. And it, it's true. It's really cool. Never thought about it from that perspective, but yeah, he's it, actually, he's actually my favorite character in, in history. He's like, he's my favorite character of all time. Like I just feel like, I relate to he, I relate to him so much. I relate to his experience, to his life experience. You know, like, like, um, like for instance, I don't. I, a lot of people don't know that for most of David's life, his early years, everybody thought he was uh, uh, a mamzer. Like, if you read the the midrashim, people, no one really, you know, he shot his father and his uh, wife were separated at the time. David's mother. They were separated, and and Yisha actually wanted to to be with someone else. But long story short, she ended up switching places with David's mother. So now David's mother, kind of like Rachel and Leah, um, David's mother ends up uh, impregnated, and but she can't tell anyone why. So she's impreg she's pregnant with David. She can't tell anyone why, and so David's born. And everyone's like kind of giving him the side eye, like, oh, like, uh, you know, he's kind of the embarrassment or the shame of his family because no one really knows what happened there. People are assuming that that Yishai's wife was unfaithful. So David grows up and he's, you know, he's the, he's shunned in his family. People are questioning whether he's even Jewish at all, you know. People are questioning whether he's Jewish at all because he's a descendant of Moab. People, even the most from, you know, even the most learned of Jews at the time, we're certain though he can't be Jewish. He's, he's a descendant of of Moab, not realizing that it's only the the Moabi men who can't go through Geirut, not the women. And and it, what I find, what I love most about his story is that, and what I find most so interesting and inspiring is that that guy who everyone calls a who, who everyone called a Mamzer, who everyone said, oh, he's not Jewish, and like don't they don't see who he is on the inside. This guy is the one who Hashem chooses to be Mashiach. Like the last guy in that moment, the last one that anyone ever thought would be, could be, would be, Mashiach, that ends up being him. So like he's sitting and he's every day, he's writing by himself, you know, with his slingshot out in the back, practicing his shot, practicing, playing his, his guitar, making his music and, and ha you know, ha that's his therapy. And that's his way, that's the way he expresses. That's the way he, he speaks with his soul. And then he he knows his day is coming. One day it's coming. And, and he has total Imuna. And to watch that come to fruition and to read that story is so inspiring. And I relate so much to it. And him being a soldier and having no fear whatsoever of anything in Old Mavado. Like no fear whatsoever. 
right. is, uh, you know, he's one of the most inspiring uh, people in history for me. Like, I, I love his story and I feel like I connected. He's a musician that was like killer, killer musician. People probably came from miles and miles before him, you know, like to hear him speak his, his truth and his pain and his love and his sorrow and all like his, his genuine expression through music. So- so it's interesting how how you make the hackish between like your experiences and Dove and and Dove and Melch. and I'm noticing that like with with your album, the the Genesis EP, I'm noticing like all the songs that that are on that track, like it's pretty much relating to everything you just said, meaning yeah. you 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 tie in a lot of that with that what you just said to all your songs, like you know, like. Especially, I like that song you have on that album. I mean, we'll talk about your album, but I like the song, the Far From Perfect song that collaborate that du- that duet you did, and like, it it just some it really seems to summarize like everybody, every single person, like every single person's life, like because that's and we are not perfect, and we're striving to work on ourselves, we're trying to grow, we're trying to do our vote and trying to work on ourselves, and I think that's really I, I found that song to be very inspiring. Now, thanks, thanks. Now, what's yeah, with I wrote, one, I wrote that one during um, Aseret Yemei Tshuva uh, to, yeah, it was the last year. And during Aseret Yemei Tshuva, oh. I, I wrote that. And, and it, yeah, that's one, of the, that's one of my more meaningful songs. I think, we, I think a lot of people focus so much on being perfect and walking a perfect road that they, they miss the journey entirely. You know, we're, we're not here to be perfect. We're here to walk towards that goal. And as long as you're moving in that direction, regardless of what level you might be on, everybody's on their own level. But yeah, being far from perfect shouldn't be a reason to, to, to be down on, our, on ourselves. And I just, I, you know, I really wanted to express that in music, you know, for myself and for anyone who was listening. I'm glad you liked it. Thanks. That was no, that's what's up. Now, now your album, like, let's talk about your music. You have a very unique style to you, which it, I mean, the way you write, the way you compose, the way your music is, is given over each track. I noticed is different. Each track has a different sound. Some, some of it's more upbeat. Some of it's more hip hop. Some of it's a little bit more, obviously like the far from perfect song. It's a bit more of an acoustic meets, meets hip hop kind of thing. So, what is your what is your exact style? Because I love it. I love everything that I listen to on that album and more. It's because you just feel it. You just feel the the the. You just feel the soul. You just feel it. It 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 touches you, man. So talk to us. Talk to me about your album. What's the deal? What's um, the style? So um, for my style, I would say um, uh, my style is reggae, hip hop with melodic soul melodic soul and r&b you know i'm not i rap i like to rap and but i hard rap like just straight rap with a hard beat is not really my thing i like to i like that musical element to it i like to add different notes and and melodies and 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 and, uh, like harmonies like that's my that's really my style music combined with with lyrical content that you know, I guess we call rap, you know, I want to say something. So we say it through the rap, but I'd probably call it reggae hip hop with a R&B, with an R&B twist. Nice. So, yeah. And I wanted to, my EP was, was really, a, it was really like an experiment to see, because I, I, I love all types of music. Like, honestly, I love, I've, I've loved for so many different genres and I like to, to work 
on my projects in different genres. Um, so I try to add a little bit of everything in my EP. You know, I've tried to put in some some R&B with, with Hallelujah and a little bit of EDM dance with What Would You Do and and some some like soulful laid back rap with Far From Perfect and some more upbeat dance rap with uh, Let Go and just kind of use it as a barometer and see what people would like and try to get some feedback from my fans as far as what they want to hear more of so that I can, uh, so I can produce for them, you know? For sure. It seems like your album follows a very, it follows a theme, like very, like from, from the first track to the last one, it's about, it seems like it follows a theme of like inspiration and, and growth. You know, like from the different from sure. the different tracks, like from won't let go all the way down to far from perfect. It seems like you're really trying to inspire and give over that message of growth and that, you know, we're never done working. We're still working on ourselves. We're constantly we're constantly working. Hashem is with us. And, you know, we have to we even though we got we got service. Even though we got everyone's got service, you know, you just got to keep going with it. And I noticed that just by listening to each one of the tracks. And I, I'll be honest with you, I listened to your album a bunch of times because I liked it a lot. <laughs> and I just love finding these new sounds. Honestly, I like discovering like new artists and new sounds. And like I know I mentioned this to you when we spoke before, but like I had Alvin Freed on the show, and he made a point to me when when we were talking about how there's really no need to go and listen to secular music because anything you want could be found within the Jewish space. And ever since he said that to me, I've been noticing this so much more. It's become more aware to me. And then when I, when I started listening to your music, I was just like, yeah, you know, it's really true. You can get nice soulful R and B and nice hip hop and good in with, with that Yiddish Atam with that with and with, with that those sparks of kedusha implanted in the music and that's what i find with your music and that's what i find with all this other like these other non-conventional like jewish artists that, like you can really find everything you want like i told i think i mentioned this to you the other day i discovered the groggers jewish punk rock and i was just like no way you know it's like there's is, everything is within the within the Jewish space, and you're doing a great job of bringing that out and personifying that, and really making it really just planting those sparks and giving people that inspiration. Thank you. I'm I'm glad to I'm I'm glad to hear it. I'm I'm really glad to hear it because that's that's honestly all I want to do. All I want to do with with my music is inspire and lift and. And bring about change. Like, I mean, what I like to say is I like to reclaim hip hop because I think it's unfortunate and sad where hip hop has gone. I mean, there's a story there. I mean, hip hop first started, hip hop was not uh, about the, sorry, not about the garbage that we hear now on the radio. Like, it wasn't about that. These were conscious people coming out of the civil rights movement that were talking about you know, problems in their communities and how to change it, you know, like old school rap, like yep. back in the eighties. So <clears throat> you can see this, this, this de- devolution of, of the music where it's, it's come down to a point where it's almost, it's almost, um, it's a joke. Expected. Yeah. It's, it's, it's expected that when you hear a hip hop song, you're going to hear, you're going to hear violence. You're going to hear, uh, you know, misogyny, just hor- horrible, horrible 
horrible content. That is kind of what's become, what's expected from hip hop. And I think it's sad because hip hop, the music itself, you know, I'll find myself guilty. Mm. Some songs that have horrible, horrible lyrical content, the beat is just so good. Yeah, of course. Almost try to, you know, of course, almost try to ignore what you're listening to, and then afterwards, you're like, what, what, like, what, what did I just listen to? Like, but the why? Beat is amazing. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> exactly. So, like, like, like why music did they make this? Like yeah, how did this become famous? Like, how do people sit and listen to? I wonder often, but it's because it's become like a cultural thing. It's like almost if you want to be a rapper, that's what you have to rap about. You, you just gotta, you just gotta be really bad at it, and what we call we call the mumble rappers. Yeah, mumble rappers, exactly. I, I have to, I feel like I don't have a choice. I have to put out, I got to let the world know that hip hop gets better than that. You know, even though there's a, there's a lot of, there's a movement right, happening right now of conscious rappers and artists that is really, really amazing. Like um, like Lecrae and, and Molly Music and Andy Minio. These guys are religious rappers that are incredibly talented and they only rap about positive uplifting uplifting content and they you can see that their following is blowing up well yeah because because that's going back to the original roots of hip-hop that's going back to the original roots of rap is that people are taking they were taking the these original rap groups were taking these concepts like you said they were taking these issues and they're putting they were adding music to them and telling telling the telling fighting the fighting the I guess say I'll say it fight fighting the power. Um, right. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Um, they, they're, they're fighting it, um, but they're doing it peacefully and they're doing it through music and expressing themselves to music. And that's why you had like later, later rap groups and later music groups like the roots and other, and, and um, these other guys come out there who are doing that same thing in that similar style. And, yeah. you know, when you do something and we know this from, from, from Judaism, when you do something with, positive when you do it when you do it with with the with positivity in mind it's only you're only going to be have have tremendous hashba in people if you do it if you're doing it things bamis you're going to have tremendous hashba in people and i think i think it's smart and it's really cool not only what you're doing what you said these other guys are doing out there as well and you're changing the the way things are like i mean like i know nisim he that's what he does that's his whole thing like oh yeah it's great it's great that's his he's whole awesome. thing. Yeah, he's a, he's been a, and and he's an incredible inspiration to me because he's actually seen the other side. Yeah, like he's actually seen it and lived it, and to overcome that and to to be an example coming from that space is tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. Right. I actually had the privilege of spending a Shabbat with him. Um, they uh, we did a show for the Lighthouse Project in Florida. And they flew me out to Miami to perform with him. And I got to spend Shabbat with him. He is such a tremendous tzaddik. Yeah. He's a neighbor of mine over here. He lives here. I ran into him the other day. I was walking home. I ran into him and just like walking up to him. Like the guy like is, is a, is a walking glow. He's like, like spilling out Kedusha. And, and like, it's honest. It's, it's MS. It's real. Like I was, I had him on my show one time and he was telling me like he, if he's not making music, he's, he's learning and his kids don't even know what he does. Like he, he, like like his kids don't even know what he does. Like, and that's how he wants to keep it. And it, it it's, 
yeah, but his story, like he he saw he was on the other side. He came from that that side of of the rap world and the hip hop world, and he was he was pretty big in Seattle. He was pretty big in the Seattle rap scene. Like, sure. yeah, um, he's on his way. Yeah, he he was definitely on his way, and then bam, you know. But that that's yeah, what it is. There's not it's, a lot of people who you could say there's not a lot of people who would turn that down. There's not honestly not a lot of people. There's a lot of people who might say they would. But to be in that position and to 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 be able to be in a position to be successful like that in in the non-Jewish world, like the in the music industry, for a lot of people to turn that down and and change it up and actually decide that I'm going to do this my way on my terms in in light and in Torah and in kedusha right. and in emet. That is that is that's unique. Hundred percent. Now. Now, what in in your line of work? Since you're you're not like your conventional like wedding singer, you're not like a band. What kind of gigs do you generally get? Um, I actually do uh, sing at weddings. Um, really? I sing under the uh, yes, I'm singing at many many weddings. All of my friends and and others. Um, I sing under the chupa. I get uh, do wedding gigs. Absolutely. Um, cool. Actually, singing is what I do best. Uh, just happen to be as you know, my EP was a little rap heavy. And right. my next few singles are gonna have a uh, gonna showcase my voice a lot more, but um, but yeah, my gigs are usually um, either I play at festivals, I play at concerts, I play at different events. Um, uh, usually, usually the con usually a concert setting or an event. I play a lot at on college campuses. Um, I've played a lot for Chabad on campus and Hillel on campus. Um, my music is tied in with a mission that I have of bringing Mashiach literally. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I was raised to believe is not something that like, you know, a, a dream that, that may happen one day far off in the future is that, you know, I was raised to believe that something that's practical and could happen today, that can happen right now. And a big yeah. A big component of, of Mashiach is, is is this idea of unity and brotherhood globally. So some people could believe that, you know, that happens overnight, that that's going to happen. Some miracle is going to happen. Mashiach is going to come and all of a sudden everybody's going to be homies. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's one way that's, that'd be possible. But me personally, I think it's a, it's a personal struggle for each of us. And then once we overcome our own personal struggles, then we have the struggle of, connecting with the other connecting with our brother um and one of my missions with music is in order to bring mashiach i think we have to learn to love each other first and foremost you know derek eretz kadmala torah to me is 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 a very 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 powerful statement right and and the way we can the way we do it like for instance um you said my album was kind of like, a, you know, my, my album kind of tells a story and I'm glad you saw that. That's what I was going for with it, that the the album, the EP starts with our own personal, it starts with songs about my personal, and this is also how I do my live shows. It starts with a personal, um, overcoming personal challenges, but ends on the note of what would you do? What would you do is a track that I wrote about Mashiach. What would you do if it was up to you to change the world if, if it was all in your hands what would you do to make it happen and that's the type of things that i like to talk about so events and organizations that are that are tied around uh you know unity consciousness awareness brotherhood things like that 
um, I end up performing there a lot because my mission ties in with theirs. Soldiers, which is, um, I believe, the last track on my EP, um, that's going to be my next music video. I'm very, very excited about it. It should be out soon. Nice. Um, yeah, it's it's about this idea of kind and Hevel and about how, you know, I, I'm a history major and I always had a curiosity about what is the root of um, disunity? What's the root of hatred and anti-Semitism and oppression? And, and being a Jew and studying my history as a Jew, it's, it's both as a Jew, both the Jewish line of oppression and being African-American or, or being Black in any place in the world. Like the oppression that has, the unfortunate and tragic oppression that has almost been nonstop. Right. I always wondered, like, where does that come from? And, and, so, and I found it fascinating that I found the root in the story of Kind and Hevel. Wow. And it's a whole story in itself. But the 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 story of Kind and Hevel, when read in Hebrew and like actually looking at the word, like the exact words that Hashem gave us there, the formula to bring Mashiach is there. The formula is right there. You know, when, when Hashem asks, you know, I think the third question Hashem ever asked a human being is where is your brother? Ayecha, where are you? Second question. Um, uh, why are you angry when he was speaking to Cain because he was Hashem, before Cain even hurt his brother? Hashem warned him. Hashem saw that he was upset. You know, his his anger came from his parents, where uh, who ate the, of the etzadat. So now he has a little bit of that in him, and, and that story elaborates there beautifully, also. But that's the third thing Hashem ever asked anybody. Why? Uh, you know. Where are you, first of all? Uh, why are you upset at your brother? And then third, where is your brother? Ahevo. That's the third. Hashem didn't ask us, like, we, what do we, what do we term, uh, what do we, what's the word we use for keeping Torah and mitzvot like, that we're, you're from? I think conventionally, today, mm-hmm. from, is, uh, from is like Shabbat, Kashrut, maybe Tarat HaMishpacha. If you keep those things, or you know, if you have a, you know, if you're a man, you wear, you know, have a beard and, and a black suit and a white shirt, or if you're a woman, you wear a skirt. But like, none of those things to me, I've always found it interesting that none of those things are focused on interpersonal relationships, like the the Ben Adam la Adam aspect of Torah. Like, if you speak Lashon Hara, I don't. Do you get looked down upon the same way as if you speak, you know, as if you eat a cheeseburger? If someone eats a cheeseburger and somebody else is standing next to him speaking Lashon Hara, we, I think conventionally we'd say that the guy eating the cheeseburger is not quote unquote from, and the guy who's speaking Lashon Hara, he's, uh, he's just, you know, he's messing up a little bit, you know, he's having, a, it's not, it's not t- given the weight. Like imagine if we made it that, you know, what it means to be from is that you treat people the way you'd like to be treated. And if you don't, then you're quote unquote not from. That would be that. That makes more, that makes the most sense, and that's that's the, that's that's one of the many things that you know. Unfortunately, when when we're trying to when we're trying to bring Mashiach, that's unfortunately everything's everything's backwards, and everything is like is it's it's opposite day every day, and you know it's it it's 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 interesting, but you know we can we can only do with we can only do so much to 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 keep working at it. Um, now, 
I just wanted to, we're going to take a quick commercial break to hear a word from our sponsors, Costa Rica Cruises, and I'll be right back. Join the leader in Glot Kosher Tours today with Costa Rica Tours. Luxury cruises aboard the most desirable kosher cruise lines in the world. Glot Kosher Gourmet Cuisine prepared fresh daily and world-class scholars and residents aboard every tour. Experience the world with Costa Rica today. Our tours sell out fast, so book yours today by visiting K-O-S-H-E-R-I-C-A.com today. That's kosherica.com today and experience the world through kosher rica's eyes and we're back after that quick commercial break um so i wanted to ask you i know you mentioned it just recently before about like um the um the, how you've learned about the different oppressions whether it being in the in in jewish history and in the african-american history how is that like for you growing up as a from jew um and also being african-american because i mean um, especially in like New York and other places, like how was that for you? What was that experience like? Um, it's been it's it's been a challenge at times, and um, it's been a challenge at times. Like, for instance, I've been in yeshiva in, in Orthodox yeshiva pretty much my whole life, so that meant. I was always the only black kid in my class or my school or in my community for that matter. And I've always lived in the, in the Orthodox Jewish community with my family. So me and my parents, my sisters, we all, and now my nieces and nephews, um, yeah, we were always the, the only uh, black people in the crowd. And to me, while it's been challenging, and you know, at first when I was younger, yes, I did experience—I um, uh, don't want to call it racism. I don't know what a better word is for it, but I did experience ignorance. Uh, yeah, negative, yeah, ignorance, negative experiences. And when I learned, you know, thankfully my parents raised all of us to to attribute the things that we went through to ignorance, not to not to not to hatred. Like they don't. You know, people who who would treat me differently because I'm black, it's not, I'd say 90% of the time, it's not because they hate me or because they hate black people. It's because they don't know. They've never met. For many of the people in my life, especially in school, in my schooling and, and in my communities, they never really had an experience of, of our relationship with a black person before. Like, I've actually seen it um, and, and been told, you know, uh, when I... When I came back from Israel and I went to, when I was going to Queens College, I had a roommate who, when I, we moved into the house, um, I didn't know why, but he had this like weird, he had this like weird attitude. I could feel like some tension there. I didn't, I didn't get it at first, but I just, you know, kind of put it aside and you know, went, went, went along, lived my life. He lived his, it was, everything was cool, but we ended up becoming really, really close. We were roommates for two years. So we ended up becoming really, really close. He became one of my boys. And when I was moving out of the house, we were moving out of the house, he stopped me. He was just like, hey, man, I just wanted to tell you something. Like when you first moved in, I told the, the guy who organized the house, like the guy who, um, who set us all up for the house, like I told him I was moving out. Like there was no, I, there was no way I was going to, was, I was living with a black person. And wow. I just wanted told me i just wanted to apologize you know i i I never i never met a black i never really had a relationship with a black person before and after getting to know you and 
and becoming friends with you. Like, I just want, really wanted to apologize. And that was really amazing for me to hear. And, and, wow. and it really, and it was an enlightening moment because I, you know, I realized that most of the time, most of the time racism comes from a place of ignorance, just not knowing and, 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 and being exposed and learning. So I guess Hashem put me and my family into this, into, into the world, into an orthodox space where, where we are the quote unquote other to, pre, to, to give, to present the chance for people to learn, for, for my people to learn, for Jewish people to learn, whether you're white, black, or purple, to experience the other, someone that's different is, is a growth. It's, it's, it's growth that can't happen unless I was there in that classroom, unless I'm sitting there next, you know, uh, unless I'm sitting there learning Gemara right next to you, with you, I'm your Chavruta, and you learn that, like, you see, I'm right. like you, oh, you know, we're all the same. So I guess that's what, that's, uh, that was part of Hashem's plan, to, you know, put us, to put us here in this particular circumstance so that we can lift what we're doing here, so that people can, so we can get over our fears of the other, which again ties back to kind and Hevel. That, that lesson is so key to me and so powerful. One of the greatest lessons I've ever learned. Like you think when Hashem asked Kayan, you know, where his brother is, you know what the conventional answer is, right? Like, Hashem Anochi, my brother's right. keeper. Right. But if you look at the Pesukim, his, what he actually, the first words he responds is, Yadati. I don't know. Now the question becomes like, do you think he was lying? I think it was is, a, is, is, is someone who's having nevuah, someone who's speaking panim al panim with Hashem, gonna lie? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Like I don't think you, I don't think you, you think you're gonna gain much by lying to Hashem. I don't even think Hashem asked the question because he didn't know. Hashem knows, obviously. The right. question is for us to, to think about and for us to meditate on. Why? Where is your brother? Is something that we should be thinking about. Something that we should be really conscious of. So when he says lo yadati, what if he was telling the truth? What if when he said Lo Yadati, he's saying Hashem, he I don't I'm ignorant of him. I don't know who he is. I can't he lives on the other side of the railroad tracks. He lives on the other side of Eastern Parkway. How could I know? How could you expect me to know anything about him? I don't know where he is. And then when Hashem tells him, you know, Hashem tells him, uh uh your your the pun not punishment, the way to fix what 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 he did was for him to go be other, for him to go be a stranger and to wander the world wander the earth as a stranger he's the bachor you can't take that right. from him the first four, you know you can there's nothing no one can take that from you but you're still if you experience what it is to be different from everyone else then you'll learn and there'll be a tikkun not a punishment a tikkun so his answer is is very very revealing because he says hashem i can't i can't be uh you know h- how could you ask me to be a stranger and go wander the earth if you ask me to do that people will kill me and ever since I was little, I wondered, why is he worried? Why is he concerned that someone's going to kill him? Is that Hevel's family? Or is that like, his friends? Like, who is he worried about killing him? But then, as I got older, I started to realize that maybe what he's saying is that, like, Hashem, it is, our, it is in our nature to be afraid of what's different. It's in our nature that that's how you made us. Especially after my parents ate from the Eitz Adat. Now that, now that we've got all this, like, now that we've got this, knowledge of how much we don't control it could be fearful and he's actually telling Hashem maybe the same answer that we would tell Hashem today if he asked us why is Mashiach not here it's because I don't know that guy I don't know like I don't know anything about those others like it's what what could what could I do almost almost like a plea right and from that lesson 
yeah, we can learn so much from that. So much can be learned from that, like about loving the other. And you know, it says if you have to, I believe it says to love your brother once in the Torah. It says to love the stranger, to love the gear. They have to have that gear, I think, like 32 times, 36 times. Yeah. Or the most mitzvah in all the Torah. So yeah. you got, it's that's what soldiers is about. Right. That's why but again, that's what I noticed about your music is that it's like your your whole goal is to connect people and, and that and but that's also part of what music is. The whole thing about music is connecting people and how you do it. And and that's why like if you have good music like that's what i'm saying like I'm, I'm noticing like i like this new style of jewish music don't get me wrong the old style of jewish music is great also but like i'm noticing this new style of jewish music is really getting down to the roots of it getting down to the soul and like really attaching to people's souls and and bearing it in bearing it in there and really giving waking up that inspiration and making you f- not only feel but experience like the the it's like a living tar it it's it is it's the live it is living it's bringing the Torah even more to life through through music expressing it through shira expressing it through song and music and and everything and it's cool and I think it's really it's really cool that you're part of this scene you're part of this 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 chevra and it it it's definitely I mean like I noticed you collaborate with a bunch of people you've done a bunch of festivals and a lot of these concerts with a bunch of people who are in that same space and it just the it, my my vision of that is like you just see like all this this like sparks all this like going up to oh and going up to Shemayim just like everything just like blowing literally blowing the roof off you know yeah sometimes yeah. I'll tell you like sometimes on Friday on 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 Shabbos like I'm in I, when I dive in my shul like people like are so like in like it's such it's a shul and people are so into the Kabbalah Shabbat they're so like they're singing they're dancing it's like a tiny little shtibble. And like I literally, saw, I tell, I turn to my friend next to me, I tell him, like I'm telling you, man, the roof's gonna blow, blow off, and the whole place is gonna go up to go up to Shemayim, bro. But it's like that's when you really connect with the music, when you really connect with that stuff, like it, it could do so much good for you. And that's what I'm saying. I think like what you're doing, which how you're how you're tapping into people's souls and people's roots, and bring and wait and awakening that, and doing it in such a kosher way. Like there's real and it's and it's real. Like you can tell with your music. Like it's real, and and that that's that's the beauty of it. Um, now, in the, in the Beit Hamikdash, people like when I envision the Beit Hamikdash and what it was like, the experience of being there. Music was such, especially in context of when it what when it's when when the Beit Hamikdash stood. Music was was such a huge factor. Music was such a tremendous, tremendous factor. The Levine right. were killing it. Every time you come, you're hearing this live, unbelievable show of people playing music with all their heart and all their soul and, and in total simcha. Right. And, you know, you only heard it. And like you said, no matter, people from all different types of walks of life, like you don't have to even say anything to share in the enjoyment of music. Music's kind of like a universal language, you know? So people would walk, pack the kids up on the wagon and like walk for miles to get to the Beit HaMikdash to hear this live show. And uh, I don't know if, you, if you've been to a festival, like, like the festivals that I've been to, it's amazing to see how everyone there is in such a great mood. Everyone's happy. Everyone's sharing. 
everyone's like in a giving space and all because they all, everyone has one thing in common, which is that they love this performer, whoever happens to be playing. Like they, they all have a love for that person's music. So that brings them all together and everyone's happy. Everyone's together. It's a beautiful, beautiful space and a beautiful experience. And I think that a big part of what the Beta Mikdash was, was this opportunity for people to come from all over the country, from everywhere, walk miles. The Beta Mikdash would be packed so that they could come and experience this one, this live epic show. And, you know, you didn't have a play, you didn't have a pause button, no fast forward, no rewind. Right. You couldn't put on a and take it home. You heard it once a year. That was probably the most incredible spiritual experience ever, you know, to hear the best musicians play like that in the Beit HaMikdash on the Shalosh yeah, Shalosh. For Shalosh. sure. For sure. Incredible. No, man, that's what's up. And I got one last question to ask you. How did you come up with the name Hebrew? Uh, so I, I actually uh, didn't come up with it. Um, I, I'm a basketball player. I love basketball, like very passionate about basketball. Nice. And I used to play. Like, I always, you know, especially, you know, in Crown Heights, I used to go across Eastern Parkway to play ball. That's, like, where the best basketball is happening, you know, in, in Bed-Stuy and I, over in the in the hood, as they say. So when I would be playing ball over there, at first I would go, like, without my – like, I'd play without my kippah and, like, tuck in my tt. Right. Because, so, you know, it's better – it's just best if we if we start from a neutral spot, you know, point, if I'm coming to a new new, new playground. Right. So then at the end of the game, you know, after playing ball, I would, uh, you know, put my keeper on, you know, my TT to probably hanging out by that point. And they would, the guys at the court were just like, wait a minute, you know, like, wait, 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 wait. You know, we've already established the respect from playing ball, but then they're like, wait, you're Jewish? It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm Jewish. I used to have the like, same oh. thing. Like he, okay, so like Hebrew and me, okay, so they just started to call me Hebrew. And, it, and it's That's funny. And it's, my friends that would come with me, they started, you know, they brought it back, you know, brought it back home. And now everyone started calling me Hebrew. And it's just kind of been a nickname I've had. And that's funny. I, 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 like I, I had a friend, I, I, I had a similar story. Like back in the day, my friends and I, I'm also, I used to play basketball. Back in the day, my friends and I used to go up to the basketball court and, and they would call, and they'd call my one friend, they call him synagogue. And, and they, <laughs> they just kept calling him synagogue. I'm just like, how do y'all know that, that word? Like, <laughs> right. I thought it was funny like we ran it back we kept playing we kept balling we kept running it back and then then, then afterwards it's like oh you're Jewish like yeah <laughs> yeah I have a friend uh, my friend Benji he's, he could, he, he's a pretty good baller and I bring him over to the court bring him out over to the playground and uh, like he would you know if he'd shake somebody or pull off a, a crazy move everyone there like everyone would be cheering everyone's like they would call, they called him Jewland. They're like Jewland. Like every time he hit a three pointer, Jewland, everybody erupt and cheer. Like like funny. they loved. It's so funny. That's funny. It's so funny. Wow. Well, but yeah, we get these nicknames on the ball on the basketball court, and it's something that kind of like stuck with me. So, well, you there know. you go. And it's your stage name too. Well, regardless, yeah. um, Rafi, it was a pleasure having you on my show. I really learned a lot from you, and you're you're doing you're doing wonderful things in in the Jewish music space. Um, you're really inspiring people, and I, I really I wish you tremendous hatzlach with your album and your upcoming music videos and everything you're doing. You should continue to inspire people and just keep keep Thank doing you. what you're doing because you're you're on a mission. You're you're doing your shlichus here, and you're you're doing a great job. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And yeah, if it, if I uh, you know keep you can stay updated with my new releases and my shows and my tour schedule and release it um, at hebromusic.com. Uh, I'll be releasing a, a music video and one of my favorite songs, another one on Tehillim with God Elbaz. Oh, that's really what's soon. up. Yeah, the awesome collaboration with God Elbaz coming up. So there's a lot to look forward to, a lot that's coming out, and I'm excited to keep it up. And thank you so much for having me on the show. Sure. And I uh, appreciate your, your words of encouragement and inspiration. And Bezrat Hashem, sure. I can keep carrying the torch. Thank you so much. For sure. My pleasure, my friend. All the best. All right, brother. Take care. Sure. You've just listened to another wonderful episode of Go Simple, the podcast. For more news, updates, and information on our next episode, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at GoSimchaLive, and don't forget to check out the show notes and videos on www.gosimcha.com along with zeradio.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, Go Simcha!